Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. Uh, this is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, this is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also presenter of Drive Time every Tuesday and Wednesday. And uh, this week, of course, we're following the theme, Essential Steps to Walking with Jesus. And today we consider that, in, that incredible question, is it possible to hear God speak? Now, look, if you would like to comment, if you'd like to ask a question, if you'd like to give some feedback uh, on this question, uh, or if you just simply like to say, hello, Pastor Gary, we're listening to you from, and tell us where you're listening uh, to to us from, uh, we would love to hear from uh, from you, but particularly if you would like uh, to be able to give some feedback to this uh, to this question, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Our text number, our studio text number is 04 888 uh, Why not program that into your phone? And uh, then all you've got to do is list it under drive time, hit the drive time button, and you'll be able to send a text to our studio here at any time that you like. Now, uh, to guide us through our discussion today, we're joined by our regular Wednesday co-host, and that's Pastor David Butcher. And David's the lead pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in South Oz. And welcome to you, David. Good afternoon, Gary, and it's it's wonderful to be back with you. I've been away and absent for a number of weeks, but really good to be back on air with you and also to join with our listeners. Yeah, your notice, your your absence has been noted actually, and it'll rise up against you at some uh, at some point. What have you actually been up to? Yeah, really good question. I'm just trying to figure out. Um, look, I had some leave, uh, some leave, obviously, and then I came back, and then I've been away for work. A couple of Wednesdays, the day I'm normally on, and um, yeah, in Sydney, in in I other, believe you got to Queensland. In fact, I did get to Queensland where it was noticeably warmer, and that was for work as well. But um, look, it really is good to to actually be back here, and yeah. um, I love getting on radio with you, Gary, and and I think we uh, like stirring each other, and <laughs> and uh, but most of all, it's really good to open the Word of God and and share with our listeners and and yeah. to get feedback yeah. from them as well. Yeah, no, it really is good. I mean, when we get people people actually uh, jotting a, a note and sending it in to us. We've just had some fantastic notes in the last uh, in the last week. Uh, really do appreciate the uh, the feedback that people are giving to us. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm amazed the number of books that are actually just walking off our shelves. Uh, and it's so wonderful to be able to just uh, put uh, Christian literature into the hands of, of people. And our, our donors uh, love being able to, uh, to, to present that literature to, uh, uh, to individuals. Uh, but look, uh, let's come to our World Watch segment. I've got a uh, an article here today that uh, uh, when I first started to read it, I thought it was actually moving in one direction and then it backflipped and went in a totally different direction. And it's because of that backflip that I actually bring this uh, uh, article uh, to you. It was on the Christian Headlines uh, site and uh, it was entitled Five Crucial Lessons I Learned from Planting a Church. Now, when I first read that, I thought, ah, oh, yes, I mean, I've certainly been involved in, in 
planting a church. I thought what he was actually going to talk about uh, was things like the importance of strategic planning, the importance of building a team, uh, the importance of uh, you know allowing time for that to to actually develop. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought he was going to talk about all, but he didn't mention. Well, he mentioned them, but not in the context that I was. Uh, that I was thinking that he was going uh, to do. And uh, this is what he actually says. Uh, Westside Christian Fellowship, this isn't a Seventh-day Adventist church, in Southern California arose from a desperate need to encourage Christians to seek God with all their heart, soul, mind and strength. The overwhelming response simply reflects the need to have that we all have for the truths found in God's word. Propelled by prayer and passion, Westside went against all conventional wisdom by, uh, with, with no core team, no affiliation, no formal education and no money. To many, this looked like an invitation for disaster, not for success. He then goes and lists down the five, uh, to him, that were the cause for the success, the core elements for the success of this particular church plant. Uh, firstly, no matter what the endeavor, God must be central. In the case of church planting, men do not call themselves. They become aware of God's calling. Demographic studies and marketing strategies may have their place, and it's good to have a core team with a missional focus, but all of this pales in comparison to the call of God. Only God is able to build, sustain, and edify his church. The second one, humility cannot be overlooked. Pride works against all of us and is the number one liability for Christians, churches, and church planters. Then he moved to number three. A fully surrendered life is crucial. Now, this was something, David, that I'd really love to get your feedback on in just a minute. Why do so many endeavors fail, he says? Why do many church plants fail? The reason are many. But I believe that much depends on the spiritual life of the pastor in regard to humility and brokenness. Prayer is the first sign of a spiritually healthy Christian, a healthy church and a spiritually healthy pastor. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not referring to a five-minute devotional. I'm referring to a deep devotional life focused on seeking God. Churches don't need, just get this. I, this, this, this is something that really jumped out at me. Churches don't need more marketing plans. They don't need demographic studies or giving campaigns. We need men and women filled with the Spirit of God. Sermons should not come from pop psychology and the latest fad. They must come from the prayer closet where God prepares the messages uh, before we prepare the message itself. It takes broken men to break men. The men who do most for God are always men of prayer. Preaching in one sense merely discharges the firearm that God has loaded in the silent place. Then he moved on to his his fourth uh, statement. 
God is more concerned about spiritual character than success and truth, not numbers. I'm deeply saddened, he says, uh, by the spiritual condition of many Christians. We often lack humility and brokenness, or we make truth vague and debatable. We often flaunt our liberty and laugh in the face of God's grace. Many jump at the opportunity to post their favourite beer on Facebook and talk about their favourite sexually charged movie, all under the guise of relating to the culture. A carnal pastor may offer motivation services, uh, but he will lose unction, boldness and spiritual insight. Uh, the The world and carnal Christians will love him, but spiritually filled believers will leave the service hungry for more of God. Pastors, if we would make it our goal to know Christ more personally, we would preach Christ more powerfully. And we... Are we calling people, he questions, out of the deceptive cultural mindset or are we encouraging it in our silence? Are we exposing sin and calling for repentance or are we seeking to please the masses? Are we contending for truth or avoiding it? Now, with these principles, he's, he's actually built, he planted, planted a church. Now, David, the thing that I'm really conscious of is so much in church planting, you know, we do demographic studies to find out who's living in the area. Uh, we, uh, you know, concentrate on, on team building and having a team around us that are going to, uh, get going to be able to impact that community. Uh, we put in place some sort of a strategic plan. I mean, these are all uh, common strategies for building a, a church plant. And yet, uh, in this particular article, none of those are mentioned, or where they are, they're not mentioned as being a major. They're pushed more to the periphery. Now, David, you've been involved in church plants. You know church plants. I, I mean, I mean, how do you regard this article? This is a really powerful article, and it, it challenges um, much practice. Uh, and I think one of the failings that we have as Christians and even as Christian leaders and pastors is we can rely on plans, we can rely on money, we can rely on um, self-ability uh, or perceived self-ability uh, instead of the basics. And the basics are the things that are absolutely essential, and that is spending time with Jesus. It's spending time on prayer. When I went through seminary, uh, our professor at the time that, that taught us homiletics, how to preach, he basically had a quote, and I don't know where he got it from, but it went something like this. He said, an hour on your knees is worth more than a day in the study when you're preparing a sermon. In other words, mm-hmm. you, you might ignore the prayer, and spend a whole day in the study, you're far better off praying for an hour about what God is going to, what He wants you to speak on, yeah. and allow the Spirit to work on your heart rather than the the best uh, commentaries and and what other human beings uh, put forward. Mm-hmm. So I think um, what you've highlighted in this story, it's not necessarily the professional pastor; it's the humble heart, the heart that's open and dedicated to God, that that is connected to him intimately mm. that is where success will be not not in in someone standing up with with lots of degrees or who is a great orator or who has a huge following on social media or who any of those sorts of things now that they can be a blessing when mm. pride's not involved 
but it comes back to those basics. And those basics are often what we overlook. Yeah, you know, Dave. One of the one of the really interesting comments that I actually had a you know a, a fellow actually say he's actually a a colleague in ministry. He actually had his uh, had achieved his PhD uh, in uh, in preaching. Actually, uh, a dangerous area to actually uh, do your PhD in. But that was what he did his PhD in. And uh, I was talking to him, and he said to me, he said, "Look, the uh, the thing that most worries me is a study that I've just read, and I." I said to him, I said, Graham, what's the, uh, what's the, what was the study? He said, well, uh, the study showed conclusively that the level of success in ministry is inversely proportional to the, um, to the level of academic training a person has actually got. In other words, the higher the academic, uh, training, PhD type, type level, uh, the higher the academic training, um, the more, the greater the probability uh, that uh, uh, in in ministry ineffectiveness they would be ineffective and I think it was that same Graham that uh, shared that same sort of stat with me and my class and <laughs> and he had, he had a high degree um, that is very true Gary uh, there's a quote from A W Tozer that I just dug up that I've shared in in presentations before in sermons and A W Tozer was a, a church leader a Christian church yeah, leader this yeah. is what he said. He said, if the Holy Ghost were taken from our church today, 95% of what we do would continue and no one one would notice the difference. If the Holy Ghost had withdrawn from the early church, then 95% of what they were doing would have stopped and everyone would have noticed the difference. Mm. In other words, today there is this... Uh, you've got to get all your ducks lined up. You've got to have this degree or that degree. You've got to done this course and that course. You've got all the demographics, all those sorts of things. And those things aren't wrong in and of themselves. Mm, mm. But when they're put to the fore instead of the connection with Jesus Christ and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, then you aren't going to see success. You are not going to see long term. It'll be superficial. Mm. And this is what A.W. Tozer said. If, you know, we have more resources at our fingertips. I mean, my laptop, Gary, I've got 6,000 uh, religious books at my fingertips. I can mm. type in a word mm. or a sentence and I'll get everything coming up. Mm. We have more Bibles available in our Western culture than ever before, yeah. but we're more illiterate than ever before. More biblically illiterate. More biblically illiterate. And, and yet that early church, you know, yeah. in Acts chapter 1, um, Jesus tells his disciples to wait until the promise of the Father, till the Holy mm. Spirit comes upon you. And then he says you will receive power. Well, that Greek mm. word is... is um, Dunamis. Dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite. But it also means, besides dynamite or power, it means the capability or the ability. Mm. So Jesus is saying, don't go witness to all the world, like he says in Matthew 28, 9 and 20, go into all the world. Before that, in, in, in Acts chapter 1, he is saying, before you go into all the world, you need to wait for the promise of the Father, the gift of the Holy Spirit, who will give you the power or, in reality, the ability and the capability to be my witnesses. Yeah. So... Yeah. If we're spending more time in demographics or in being professional preachers or looking at social media or current cultural trends uh, and getting our sermons from those areas and, and our Bible studies, uh, we're really doing it potentially without the indwelling and without the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the thing that stands out to me is that I, I have noticed that people can tell 
whether what is being spoken is coming is comes with the unction of the Holy Spirit or whether it is just simply going through the routine of of preaching a sermon and particularly the thing I find is that uh, particularly young people can pick it up they seem to have a a weather eye to be able to say hey uh, you know what is being said here is real and authentic uh, or uh, it's actually uh, a lot of uh, you know a lot of hot air and ultimately you shared that sort of stat from a professor that said the highly, the more highly educated you are, there's been studies done that show the less effective you are yeah, in ministry. Yeah, yeah. Now, essentially, someone that feels, um, someone that feels unprepared or doesn't have all the skill set, they're often, and I say often, not always, there often is a t- greater tendency to rely on God rather than perceived ability yeah, or gifts. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's the danger. When we rely on our own perceived abilities, uh, when God takes the back seat, mm. um, we cannot do what God's called us to do. Yeah. Yeah, because it's yeah. the Holy Spirit that empowers yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you so much for that, David. Really appreciate it. Look, folks, if you'd like to have a look at that article, it's a real little beauty. Uh, go onto the Christian website. You can Chris, Christian Headlines is the uh, uh, is the uh, website, and it's entitled Five Crucial Lessons I Learned from Planting a Church." It's a real beaut article. This one, it's well worth uh, sharing. And uh, you can, if you go to that website, you can get four or five free articles before you actually have to start paying. They don't ask for your contact details or anything for those first half dozen articles. I'd recommend it to you. It is well worth having a look at. That's the Christian Headlines uh, website. Five crucial lessons I learned from planting a church. But David, look, let's come to some music. This is uh, a really uh, beaut uh, little rendition. The day approaches. Uh, Please, please enjoy.
approaches how true how incredibly true that is boy we are living in a day and an age we're living in an era uh, when uh, every biblically literate person can only say that day is certainly approaching and uh, really appreciate the uh, the sentiments of uh, of that particular song look folks we do have a giveaway uh, book for you today and this is a uh, this is a real uh, a real beauty in fact this is one that I have read many times myself I haven't read this just once or twice I've read this uh, four or five times uh, just in the last uh, last couple of years uh, I've underlined it I've highlighted I've taken sermons from uh, from this particular book uh, the last two weeks both last week and this week everything that you've been hearing has actually been coming from the themes of this particular book uh, that book of course is the book steps to Christ now you will love now this is not a large book this is only a very small book uh, but it is in full 
full colour, full colour gloss. You will love this book. Look, folks, if um, uh, if you've been struggling with your devotional life, if you've been uh, struggling with uh, uh, with knowing uh, how you can come closer to Jesus Christ, then this is the book that you need to grab. David, tell me something. Uh, you know, I mean, Steps to Christ. Um, how I know you've, you've, you're aware of it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, for me, it's one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful single book outside of scripture for my life one of the things why gary and it's a practical one it's uh, it's an easy read and it's a quick read yeah. but but more importantly than that you just see the beautiful plan of salvation laid out in the sense of how I can come to Jesus, how I give my life to him. And one of the chapters that I've really valued in this book is, is, is dealing with doubt, those sorts of things and, yeah. and our, and God's and acceptance. And it's just a powerful, practical book. Yeah. It's yeah, not theory. Yeah. It's practical. Yeah. This is down to earth stuff. This, this is the sort of stuff that look, if you want to really build your devotional life, grab this, uh, this book. Uh, now it's, uh, it steps to Christ. Now look, if you'd like, uh, this, uh, this particular book, all you need to do is to text us at our drive time text number. Our drive time text number is 04 triple eight eight oh eight eleven oh four triple eight. 80811 and all you need to do is to text us the code which is SA132 SA132 that's five digits in a row SA for South Australia SA132 and uh, that will go through to our robot and our robot he'll come back to you ask you just a a few questions uh, so that we can get this book to you in the fastest way possible now that uh, number again is 0488 Eight eight zero eight eleven, and the code is SA one thirty two. It's a real, it's a magnificent book. This one, it's really worth. It's something that will build your devotional life. Uh, love to be able to share this uh, this book uh, with you. Uh, now you are listening, of course, to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And guiding us through our discussion today is our regular Wednesday co-host, and that's Pastor David Butcher. And David is actually the uh, lead pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in South Oz. And this week we've been following the theme, Essential Steps to Walking with Jesus. And we've been trying to ask some of those absolutely core questions. And today we're going to be looking at that uh, question is it possible to hear God speak? Now, this is a really, a really key one. Uh, you know, most people uh, that I've certainly encountered as a, as a pastor want to hear God's voice when they're facing some sort of a decision. Uh, well, do I remember on one occasion, I was actually in a Christian bookstop and uh, somebody uh, came to me, they tapped me on the shoulder and said, uh, you know, I'm here today, I've just prayed that the Lord will uh, help me make a decision as to which gift I should get for my my friend and uh, they came to me and they said uh, uh, which uh, I think both of these two would do which one do do you feel um, I should take and uh, uh, my my response probably was a, a little un, unkind because I said well you know that's probably a decision that God has actually left to left to you um, I did not feel that I was actually in a position at that time to be able to make that decision for that particular individual. If only people say, 
God would speak to them and tell them which choice to make or which direction to embark on, then they'd step forward confidently. Many people, uh, others, have actually claimed to hear God's voice. God told me to do this or that or, or, or something, something else. David, is it possible to really hear God speak to us. I mean, what do we mean when we're saying that? I mean, how can I really come to understand what God's will is for my life? And it makes it even more tricky and difficult, doesn't it, in a life that is so cluttered uh, with um, uh, grabbing our senses. You know, there are so many things vying for our attention and, and trying to engage with us. So where does God fit in with that? And how can we hear God? How can we know God? How can we know his will for our lives? Uh, Gary, I guess one of the first things for me is, um, uh, is nature itself. Okay. We can know that, uh, we can know that God is speaking to us through nature. When we look at nature and when we appreciate um, the the intricacy mm. and the workings of nature, the the, the structure of a leaf, mm. the the wings, the wing and and the shape of the wing, the aerodynamics and the ability of the wings of an albatross mm. to have incredible lift. Mm. Uh, when, when we begin to study this, when we begin to study astronomy. Mm-hmm. And space, it tells us a couple of things. It shows us how much little we know. Yeah. And yeah. I remember, um, yeah, probably about 10 years ago, listening to the radio, listening to the ABC one day as I was driving, and this author was on who had just written a book, basically suggesting back then that what people thought was solid science and was known fact um, changes over time. It's forever yeah, changed. Yeah, There's some things that yeah, don't change, but yeah. so much he was saying of what he, what people believed was solid mm. in 10 or 15 years, we will have advanced from that. Yeah. And all that shows me, Gary, is that through nature, through the universe, uh, the world which God created. Yeah. Um, it gives us confidence that human, human understanding, scientific standing can only, understanding can only take us so far. But when we realize that there is a creator behind everything. You know, I'm interested that you actually say this, David, because, you know, one of the great Old Testament stories that I really love is actually the story of, uh, of the prophet Elijah. Now, the prophet Elijah, of course, on one particular occasion, he went on top of Mount Carmel and uh, he he did battle against the uh, the, the prophets of, of Baal, who was a, a god opposed to the uh, to the god of heaven. Uh, but immediately after that, he does something very interesting. He actually is recorded to have gone away into nature, gone into the into the wilderness, and God. Uh, attempted to to speak to him, and uh, you know God God's recorded as having spoken through a, a a great whirlwind came. But Elijah says, but God wasn't in the whirlwind. Uh, God uh, God tr- attempted. A number of different um, methods. There were a number of natural phenomena there, but then you got at the very at the very last uh, um, uh, expression. You get uh, uh, Elijah uh, being approached by God through a still small voice, but he's in the middle of nature, 
Mm. And God is able to talk to talk to Elijah through this thing called a still small voice. Now, what is that? This is really good, Gary. I just want to expand on this if we can. We are looking for solid answers. We are looking for definites, black and whites. Um, and there is so much noise, as I was saying, in society. Elijah was a man. He was like an action hero in Scripture. He comes out of nowhere into the presence of Ahab and with a, with a, with a thing. There's going to be no rain. A, a, a command. Yeah. And then he disappears for yeah. three and a half yeah. years. Yeah. Now, firstly, when he disappears, where does God take him? Out into the wilderness, out into yeah. nature, yeah. Yeah. where he is cared for with a brook that is flowing, and he is cared for by ravens that feed him, yeah, nature. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he is taught out there that he can rely, that God will uh, preserve him, that God will provide for him. Yeah. In the story that you've mentioned, he has just been on a mountaintop experience. He, the, the prophets of Baal have been proven wrong. Fire has come from heaven. The false prophets are executed. Israel has a reformation. God's people have a reformation. We're talking first Kings, uh, 17, 18, 19. And then the rains come. There has been no rain for three and a half years. God sends rain after Elijah prays six times. There is no rain. On the seventh time, his servant sees a small cloud the size of a man's hand. It brings rain. Elijah rushes down the mountain, Mount Carmel, ahead of uh, King Ahab in his chariot. He runs before him and it pours with rain. Mm. A mountaintop experience. The next thing, though, he wakes up. And Jezebel has sent, the evil king Jezebel has sent a servant saying, if you're alive this, you won't be alive this time tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So what does Elijah do? He runs <laughs> in fear of his life. Yeah. Um, he even asks God to take his life. Yeah. Yeah, and total discouragement. And in total discouragement, God allows him to run. And where does he end up? Mount Sinai. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's in again in the wilderness yeah. that he re-encounters God, away from the busyness, away from all those yeah. action things yeah. that he was doing yeah. on Mount Sinai. It's in that small, sti- that that stillness. Yeah. In 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 the wonderful surroundings of nature, there's an earthquake, there's a fire. God's not in them, mm. but it's the the still small voice. So one of the ways we can know God's will is to actually get away from the the noise and the busyness of life. I think I think this is so key, David. You know, in, in my life, one of the things, you know, for, for me, certainly a weekend, a Sabbath particularly, can be a fairly busy day in, involved in ministry. But, you know, when I'm on holidays, one of the things that I, I most like doing is to be able to go what I call go bush. Love the Australian bush. Uh, just to be able to go here into the Adelaide Hills, uh, to be able to take my Bible with me, uh, to be able to take some Christian music with me, uh, to take my, my lunch with me and just alone, just to think and to pray and to, and to read. And I find that in that environment, uh, it, cl- it clears my mind in a way that uh, nothing else can. You know, it's setting the environment I find is actually just so absolutely important if we're going to hear, hear God speak to us. In other words, we need to remove the clutter and one of the best ways of doing that is through nature. Gary, Psalm 19, uh, it says, uh, and this is the Psalm of David, it says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament, firmament shows his handiwork. Mm. So this is David saying that it's your your creation. Yes. Uh, yes. declares your glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in, in Romans chapter 1, 
uh, and uh, let me find the verse. Romans chapter 1, it says, uh, verse 19 and 20, it says, uh, verse 20 actually, it says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, this is God's invisible attributes, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal nature. So this is what Paul is saying in Romans 1. He's saying that that basically God's attributes are seen through nature. Yeah. yeah. And and it, it, that gives us confidence. I mean, in Matthew chapter 6, uh, Jesus talks about to his followers, don't be worried about what you're going to eat or drink or wear. Um, he talks about the sparrows. He talks about the mm. lilies. Mm. Uh, and when we realize that God knows... Um, when a sparrow falls, yeah, and he cares for that, but he cares for us so much more. Mm. We can have confidence when the shocks and the challenges come in life. Mm. Gary, one of the things uh, recently, um, earlier this year, I, I was blessed to be able to be in Orlando, Florida, and I went to um, I went to the NASA um, headquarters there, and uh, it was an amazing uh, place to visit, uh, and that got me. Um, Looking at these massive rockets, they've got a space shuttle uh, there as well, Cape Canaveral. But I did some research on some of the astronauts, and mm. it might have been the space shuttle Columbia or Challenger that, that blew up. Uh, and they have a like something in honor of each of those astronauts that died. And they had various objects of each of those uh, astronauts that died on display. Um, some of them are sporting trophies and all sorts of things. One of them had a Bible, mm. and uh, it what it was what he had read, I believe, that morning, and it was open to Proverbs uh, chapter three, verses five and six. Mm. You know, um, giving everything to the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding, mm. but in all your ways acknowledge Him. And as I began to study more and look at some of the astronauts, John Glenn. Um, he basically said, and John Glenn was, um, you know, was, was a key astronaut. One of the things that John Glenn said, um, he circled the Earth three times uh, and um, was the first American to orbit the Earth. He said that um, to look out at this kind of creation, when he looked back at Earth, to look out at this kind of creation and not believe in God is to me impossible. And that's what he said in 1998, just after he returned from another uh, lunar mission, another, uh, sorry, uh, uh, mission at the age of 77. He said, it strengthens my faith when I look at look at the world. Mm. Um, uh, John Glenn also said that, um, oh, sorry, John, uh, John Irwin, James Irwin also said that when he looked back, uh, when he was standing on the moon, looking back, and when he held up his thumb to cover one eye, uh, when he sorry, when he shut one of his eyes and held up his thumb, looking back at Earth, mm. and his thumb covered Earth. You wow. know, he's standing on the moon, <laughs> shuts one eye, looking yeah. at his thumb, and his thumb covers the Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it actually gave him a whole new appreciation um, uh, of how small earth yeah. was yeah. and how big god is buzz aldrin a, a similar situation um who landed on the moon he had some amazing um experiences and it, it really convinced him even more of of god's greatness and what struck me in all of these scenarios was the fact that 
of all places, astronomy and, and lunar missions and NASA. Mm. You've got the best scientists, the most high-tech stuff in the world, yeah. preparing missions and machines. Yeah. Yeah, the best yeah. of science. And yet one observer has said, and his name is Simon Smart, the executive director of the Center for Public Christianity. He said, it's a striking thing that in this moment of astonishing human achievement, this is astronauts that go into space, yeah. at this, this moment of astonishing human achievement, perhaps the zenith of scientific endeavor, to that point in time, a key player in the drama was reaching for something spiritual to make sense of the experience. Mm. Beyond the Intricate planning, the complex equations, the stunning technology required to get to that place in a moment of sheer wonder and awe, the human tendency to reach for non-material ways to interpret what's going on is undeniable, to reach for that which is beyond ourselves. Yeah. In other words, you can have the greatest technology in the world to get you somewhere. And, and this, what you're nailing here, I believe, is just so significant in the world in which we're living. You know, for me, David, it's when I actually... Uh, Go. I have those days where I set the environment uh, to to be able to speak. Allow God to speak to me. Do you know when I go on those uh, little excursions, uh, I I like to turn off my my device. Uh, I I don't have uh, access to the to the device. I like to be able to just simply have myself. And my God, and that's it. And you know, it's when I'm in that type of an environment that I find I'm able to open the Word of God. I'm able to hear the voice of voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to me, and there is a clarity there that certainly nothing else is able to bring to me. But look, what I want to do is after our break, we're going to come to you know, I mean, what's the place of the the Word of God and the mm. Holy Spirit in these things? Are the because I'm conscious that uh, what I think you've nailed here is so important because it's actually the one it's the one item so often in our lives our lives are just so rushed if we have worship in the morning we actually get up and we spend maybe two or three minutes in uh, some devotional reading maybe 30 seconds in prayer pack up and then go about the day's activities and uh, you know certainly I know myself whenever I've had a meaningful conversation with a human friend it has never happened in five minutes. No. It's always been something that has uh, taken time. And if we're going to hear the voice of God, the one thing that we have to do, that we have to be prepared to take the time. I'm just so conscious. I'm frustrated as a pastor in many ways uh, because I'm conscious that uh, even Christian people say, hey, God doesn't speak to me. And I say, how much time do we actually spend waiting to actually hear the voice of God? And it's sort of uh, a cursory five minutes in the morning. And I say, well, I mean, what would you expect? I mean, that's that's a you know you have to take the time and that's what this going into a natural environment actually says to me that allows the time for me to be able to hear God speak but we do need to come to to, break, uh, to yep. the word of God we need to come and look at the work of the Holy Spirit and uh, uh, before we do that though let's uh, listen to Jamie uh, uh, sorry Jeremy uh, Sanico uh, someone is praying for for you please uh, please enjoy Gathered 
In the midst of the storm Is your shift tossed and battered Are you weary and worn Don't lose hope Someone's praying for you This very day And peace be still Is already on the way
someone is crying for you, you know, that we constantly get requests coming in and you can actually text your uh, prayer requests in and we do have a prayer team that uh, does pray for each of the requests that uh, does uh, does come in and uh, these are coming in with uh, uh, with real regularity. Uh, someone is praying for you. If you'd like someone to pray for you, please feel free to to text text that in uh, because we are more than happy to actually pray pray for you now folks look our giveaway book today is this beautiful book it's a full color it's a gloss book steps to christ is the uh, the book uh, by by ellen white uh, thousands have become acquainted with Jesus through this little book, Steps to Christ. It's helped many more, including those who have walked with him for years. Some of the chapter titles are really, are really beautiful. It starts by talking about God's love for man, the sinner's need of Christ. What's all, what's repentance all about and confession? What, how can I know that I've been accepted? What's the test of discipleship? Uh, growing up, how do I grow up into Christ? How do I obtain a knowledge of God? Where does prayer fit in? These are real devotional subjects. These will this this book will transform your spiritual life. Now, folks, look. If you like this book, all you need to do is to text us at our studio text number. It's oh four triple eight. 80811 04888811 and just text us the code which uh, this today is SA132 just five digits in a row SA132 you'll be contacted by our robot he'll ask a, a few questions so that uh, we can get this book to you in the fastest way possible but I, I do believe I can't emphasize enough how brilliant uh, this little book is for building your spiritual uh, or your devotional life. Now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with Pastor Gary and guiding us through our discussion today is our regular Wednesday co-host, Pastor David Butcher. And David's the lead pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in uh, South South Oz. And this week we're following the theme, Essential Steps to Walking with Jesus. And today we're considering, is it possible to hear God speak? David, really appreciate what it is that you've shared so far, particularly about uh, the place of nature, the place of slowing down, the place place of spending time love that i don't know if you want to amplify on that anymore but i'm so conscious that there must be a place for the word of god for the holy spirit as well look absolutely uh, gary you can do a shallow reading of scripture and you you were talking about this just before your break or you can spend considerable time with god and one of the challenges i think that many of us face we have busy agendas and if we really want to know god's will if we really want to have god speak to us we need to come into tune with his agenda to slow down yeah. and to spend time in his word and and for me personally gary you know um uh i enjoy sitting at a screen a laptop mm. and and my software bible software i'll read and i'll be able to look at greek and hebrew words and how many times this word occurs and i find it really helpful i type notes when i do my devotions but just of late i've actually gone straight back to the the printed page the mm. bible itself instead of various bibles open and i'm not saying that's wrong mm. but what i found for me recently when i've just been going through the book of Ephesians, mm. reading the same chapters, you know, chapters 1 to 3, for instance. I might read that for a week mm. over and over, slowly 
and just thinking and contemplating, I'm praying to God before I read, because James 1.5 says that if anyone lacks wisdom to ask for God and he'll give it. And so yeah. for me, when it comes to uh, reading the scripture, it's a living word. Yeah. And we should seek divine guidance as we read it from the one who wrote it, mm. none other than God himself. And so as I've been reading the physical pages of Scripture, just with no other distractions and just contemplating, you know, for a couple of days I'll read the same passages again and again and just dwelling on them, not, not in a hurried fashion, mm. spending time thinking, contemplating, seeking God's will as I do that. I have found that to be so rich. And I think, David, what you've said there is so important because particularly in a highly tech literate age of what we've got, you know, myself, quite some time ago, I, I took a decision that when I was having my devotional time, my all my tech was going to be off. Uh, and the reason I actually did that was because what I discovered was that if I read, for example, my Bible online, what tended to happen is someone had sent me an email. And I get this email pop up uh, would you know, would, would, would flash across the screen, yeah. and all of a sudden, you know, oh, you know, I mean, uh, or you know, there, there's some Facebook. I'm, I'm not on Facebook myself, but you know, I mean, these these flashes uh, just just come onto your screen, and to me, I don't want them. Uh, yeah. And to me, I find myself to actually turn off my tech is what is the decision I've taken for my life, and uh, uh, and come back to the to the written word. And so there's itself. an intentionality. There is, and there yeah. has to be if we want to hear God's will. Gary, uh, one of the the verses that that I love uh, about this uh, in Scripture is John five thirty nine and forty. Jesus is talking to religious leaders that that often some of them could quote the whole of the Old Testament. They knew it. Yeah. And this is what it says. Jesus says to them, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. We can search the scriptures just for facts. Yeah. And we don't meet Jesus. But Jesus is all through the scripture. A story is told, Gary, of a, a prince of Granada um, and, and hundreds of years ago who was an heir to the throne and he was taken in Spain to a prison and locked up in a cell where the only book he was given was the Bible. And when he died 33 years later... They went into his cell, and on the walls of the cell, it, with with a nail, had been inscribed and scratched a whole lot of different things. Mm. And a number of those things were that um, the Bible had 3,586,483 letters, 773,693 words, and it goes on. And, and he talks about that... Um, that no word of more than six syllables can be found in the Bible. The middle verse in the Bible is Psalm 97, 8. The ninth verse of Esther, chapter 8, is the longest verse. So this particular prince only had one book for 33 mm. years, the last 33 years of his life. He read the Bible inside and out to, to come up with all this trivia, but that's yeah. all it was. He failed to find the author of the Bible, the Saviour. Yeah. In the scriptures. Yeah. yeah. And so it's when we spend time studying the word of God, looking for the Savior. That is powerful. Mm, yeah. No, look, I, I really appreciate that because ultimately we need to be slowing down in order to take time, but to come into the word of God. And when the, we come into the word of God, the Holy Spirit actually takes control of your mind. We haven't said much about that, Gary, but it's allowing, asking the Holy Spirit to convict us of sin. 
and yeah. and to enlighten our eyes and to guide us as we read. And also, I find often he'll prompt me during the day of things that I've read that 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 then have a real practical application to yeah. what I'm actually and, doing. And you know, David, one of the things that it does for me is this. You know, I, I'm just so conscious that when I'm reading the Word of God, what I actually find in there are principles. You know, sometimes people say to me, you know, I wish God would make this decision for me. My response to them is, well, actually, I don't think he's going to. Do you know, I, I'm just so conscious that our God, throughout the Word of God, provides us principles, but He's also provided to humanity certain authority. You know, He's, you know, my children, I, you know, as they've grown up, the thing that I've wanted to do is to encourage them to actually take their own decisions. Mm-hmm. I've wanted them to take their own decisions. I haven't wanted them to come back to dad for everything else. But what I want is to establish in their lives the principles that will enable them to be able to make wise, good, and righteous decisions. Do you know, I believe it's in the Word of God that what we find are the principles which will allow the Christian to be able to make those decisions which the uh which God would have us make mm. will he direct us by the holy spirit most certainly he will there are some very complex decisions out there but you know i'm just so conscious of that that woman who approached me uh, you know in in the in the Christian bookstore saying, hey, pastor, which, uh, which book should I buy? Do you know, I, I believe on many of these, uh, these smaller decisions, what we've actually been given by the, by the most high God is the beautiful authority to be able to take those decisions on the available evidence. And, uh, and the word of God provides the principles upon which we can make those make those decisions. Mm. Um, but look, let's uh, uh, let, let's just come to prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, I just want to come to you right now. I want to say thank you for being our Lord and our God. Lord, thank you for being the God uh, who's called us to spend time with you. Lord, thank you uh, for being the God uh, who has given us the Holy Spirit. Thank you for being the God who has given us your word. Thank you for those principles that are in the word of God. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would uh, direct us by your spirit uh, to be able to understand your will for our lives. We just ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Pastor David Butcher on Drive Time, big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh Heenan lead us as they're asking, is it really possible to speak to God? Really look forward to being with you then. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God abundantly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.